a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Behind the numbers, the very latest polling data every Monday on Inside Sources, March to the Midterms. We are marching to the midterms, and so every Monday we are going to go behind the headline numbers with pollsters from across the country taking a look at where things really are beyond just those top-line numbers. And in tight election years like this one, in a critical midterm, the margins matter. Uh, And so we wanted to dig in a little bit uh, with some of the folks who look at these numbers and, again, what's underneath them all uh, to really make sure we're figuring things out. And there was a a great piece in The Hill uh, by... uh, Douglas Schoen and Zoe Young, and Zoe Young is the is the vice president of Schoen Cooperman Research, and Zoe joins us on the line again. Uh, Zoe, welcome back to the program, uh, and I want to start with the uh, the piece that you and uh, Doug had on Latino voters shifting to the right. Uh, what's under those numbers? Hi. Well, first of all, thanks for having me on. Um, so uh, we'll back up a bit. One of the major takeaways from the 2020 election was that Democrats had lost ground with Latino voters, which is a group as we know, has voted reliably Democratic for years. Um, So from 2016 to 2020, the percentage of Latino voters who supported Donald Trump increased by eight points. And as a result, he was able to win Florida and Texas comfortably. And Democrats actually lost a lot of House seats in the last election because of this. Um, So even though Democrats, even though Biden still won the Latino vote by about 25 points, Hillary Clinton had won it just four years earlier by 40 points. Um, And a lot of what was driving this decline um, is Latino voters are feeling very disillusioned by Democrats' positions on the economy. Um, Last year, or I guess rather in 2020, this had a lot to do with um, business closures during the COVID pandemic. Um, They kind of morphed into this larger issue for many Latino voters about the value of hard work and the American dream. So now fast forward to 2020, And what we're seeing in polling um, in a number of polls is that this trend of Latino voters defecting from the Democratic Party was not just a 2020 election anomaly. And um, and polling is showing that Democrats' current lead in the generic ballot, which is a poll that asks voters if they would support a Democrat or Republican if the election in the district were held today, is nearly identical to Biden's margin over Trump in 2020. So the big point there is that Latino voters aren't coming back to the Democratic Party. And what's important to note is that Democrats don't just need, you know, they still have a majority with Latino voters, but they don't just need to win them. They need to win them handily, especially as other groups of voters, like, you know, white working class voters are moving away from the Democratic Party. 
So this is something we're seeing. We're currently in polling. It's, a, it's a definitely a pretty concerning thing as a Democratic strategist. Yeah, uh, I want to get into what the Democrats need to do to, to reverse that trend. But I, I just want you to add just uh, some more context. I think that's so significant that uh, it's not that the the Democrats aren't going to win the Latino vote. But even if those margins shrink slightly, that could have huge impact uh, on the House and on the Senate races. Yeah, I would definitely say so. You know, the difference of Biden won Latino voters by about 25 points, I'd say, in 2020. If Democrats win, you know, the difference of Democrats winning Latino voters by 25 points this year versus 30 or 35 points could be the difference of a handful of House seats and could also be the difference of the Senate. Because, you know, you're looking at these states like Arizona and Nevada, where about one fifth of the voters in the state are Latino and they have these really, really tight, very competitive Senate elections. Um so, yeah, the mar- margins do matter, especially when it comes to these voters. Yeah. And so now let's talk about what the Democrats uh, have to do to, to reverse that trend or what Republicans should be doing to to maximize that. You you mentioned earlier this idea amongst the Latino voters of this hard work and pursuit of the American dream. Does that seem to be the real driving force? What can the Democrats do about that? What should the Republicans be doing on that? Yes, yeah, so I would say that um, this. There's a sense among Latino voters that Democrats are moving away further away from their economic values, which is this concept of the American dream. Um, And I would note that the trend that we're seeing is that, you know, Latino voters are moving away from the Democratic Party more than Republicans are doing a really good job of bringing them into the fold. You know, they're really disillusioned with the Democratic Party. So I would note that. (laughs) But you do, you know, you have the loudest, some of the loudest voices in the Democratic Party calling for things like redistributing wealth and criticizing the system as broken or designed to benefit only the wealthy and powerful. And this kind of rhetoric, um, there was this really great uh, post-election uh, report conducted by Equis Research in 2020 that showed that this kind of rhetoric really lands poorly with Latino voters. You know, they're second or third generations, and they believe in this idealistic version of America. And to me, this is kind of indicative with a broader problem with Democrats' message that they're struggling with how to balance constructive criticism with the system and how to improve it uh, versus still acknowledging, you know, optimism about America, acknowledging the potential of America, and still acknowledging the idea that you can still come to this country and work hard and get ahead. So that, you know, kind of, they don't really have their economic message. They haven't really found a way to balance that, which is the, which is really the problem um, that they're experiencing here. Yeah, yeah no question. Um, and I, I would also, okay. yeah, I would also just add that this year, obviously, since the Dobbs decision, Democrats have focused a lot on issues like abortion, cultural issues, societal issues, um, at the expense of economic issues, well, a lot of these voters feel. So like when you look at polling, Democrats are leading among Latino voters by 25 points. But when they say, who do you agree with on the economy more, Democrats or Republicans? Democrats only lead by two points. Mm. So whether Democrats aren't talking to that, like, you know, these voters don't feel that Democrats are saying things that resonate with them. Whether they feel that Democrats aren't talking about the issue, that's a major that's a major problem in a year where the economy is the most important issue. Yeah, so so important there, and uh, and I, I I'm glad you pointed out the fact that this isn't the Republicans winning this vote; it's really the Democrats losing this vote by not being uh, able to communicate those or balance, uh, as you said, those uh, those important messages, especially around the economy. Uh, jobs and and pursuing your version of the American dream. Anything else you're noticing there, Zoe, as uh, we kind of march our way 37 days to November 8th? Uh, Anything else that's on your radar that we should be looking at under the numbers? Yeah, I would also say that um, we are also seeing that, you know, this is a less 
I would say, a less salient issue than the economy. But Democrats are also underperforming with Latino voters on two other major issues, which are crime and policing and illegal immigration. Mm. And in 2020, we saw that, um, you know, Republicans in South Texas were able to win down ballot races in South Texas by talking about um, like talking to directly to voters about these issues, you know, direct to voter communications, which all kind of fall within the general category of public safety and personal security and all of this. And it will be, I would say, it's interesting that Democrats are still running behind on these issues. And it will be interesting to see, you know, in races um, where, these, where these are of particular importance, how that translates to a gain or a loss for Democrats. Yeah, uh, great insight as always. Zoe Young's the vice president of Sean Cooperman Research. Uh, Zoe, always appreciate your perspective uh, underneath the numbers, not just Thank the you. top line. Uh, great perspective as always. Thank you very much for having me. All right, again, that's uh, Zoe Young. And this is something we're going to do every Monday. We're going to get behind the numbers. We'll uh, talk to pollsters from the political left to the political right, and we'll evaluate all the numbers, where they really are, what they really mean, and to help you interpret those numbers uh, and all the different methodologies of polling uh, so that you can see what is really happening, what is manufactured by campaigns. Uh, we'll look at that nationally. We'll look at that locally. Uh, but it's all about what's behind the numbers. We'll go ahead and step aside for a quick commercial break. Coming up, President Alan H. Oaks of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints delivered remarks on the church's humanitarian work worldwide. We'll look at what he had to say coming up next. Stick around. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasts. 